The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. The world as you knew it has been upended, first by the pandemic, and now, emerging from lockdown, what you thought was going to be a return to your old life isn't happening, and it's not going to. Jade Simmons knows all too well that life does not unfold the way you hope it will. She says you have to know what you want and where to find it. Simmons says finding purpose in life isn't easy. It's not a formula that you pick up on the internet and suddenly realize, oh, well, this is what my life is about. No, it takes work and it takes the right kind of work. Simmons knows this. She's a highly regarded concert pianist and a much sought after professional speaker who one day said, I need to shift my focus. I need to shake it up and find my true calling. People are leaving their jobs, changing careers, starting businesses and ministries, often taking bold leaps, says Simmons. She continues, I remixed my careers in classical music and professional speaking, and I want to empower others to do the same. I invited Jade Simmons, the number one maverick in classical music, to join me for a conversation that matters about how to find freedom through finding purpose. Jade, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It really, you really do find freedom once you find purpose, don't you? How, and give me a sense about how that works. Sure. You know, and it's not so much, Stuart, that I believe finding purpose is hard. I believe that the way purpose has been pitched to us for so long uh -huh. makes it difficult to, under, to uncover the fact that we've most likely been operating from a place of purpose for a long time. So there's a statement that I've been saying now for almost a decade, and it's that your purpose is not the thing you do. It's the thing that happens in others when you do what you do. And that instantly frees us, first of all, of having to stuff purpose into this one thing, this one job, role, or profession. And now purpose gets to live itself out in what I call multiple purpose vehicles. And we get to pay attention to the effect that we're leaving behind in our wake. And that is one of the most rewarding things. Uh, and it's definitely a freeing thing uh, to be sure. That's really interesting what you say. It's, it's not what you think it, uh, your purpose is by this is what I do, but rather it's the way that you affect other people. Uh, and this really, I, I agree with you, is the foundation of what becomes the meaning of your life. Um, it's, you know, what was the impact or change that you instigated in others in the world around you? Yeah. And, you know, and I think I say the, the way that it's been pitched to us, I always say, thank you, Hollywood, right? It, it makes us think that only Superman, Mandela, or Mother Teresa had great purpose. And we're just kind of the people, you know, living in the, in the sidelines there as greater people have purpose. Or we think that purpose has to be elusive or it has to be otherworldly. And I've always found that purpose is actually much more practical than we think. And inside of that practicality is also a magic. And it's not to tie us, to make us dependent on others. I've had people who say, listen, I'm a recovering codependent. Please don't tell me that purpose is attached to other people. But that's actually the freeing aspect. You get to be who you are and trust that when you operate as your fullest self, it's going to have an effect whether you're really trying or not. So people will be affected. We get to now take ownership of that fact and enjoy, enjoy the process of it.
oh my gosh, Jade, you and I are singing off the same song sheet here. I love here. it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I recently have come to the, um, the, the, the sense that uh, what's most important is that I'm not running around saying, this is the meaning of my life. It's much more important for me to be me, like to be a manifestation of who I am. And, that, and by, by embracing that, then I stop worrying about, am I this, am I that? And, and you just said that, like how important is that? Huge, so much of what keeps us in a place of delay, uh, in, a, in a place of low self-confidence and self-doubt is comparison. And when you discover that purpose is unique to you, it frees you, there's that word again, to be all of who you are. So if I know over years I've discovered that my purpose is to activate others, usually high achievers, into becoming bolder, bigger versions of themselves than they were before they met me, then that gives me permission on what I can wear. Uh, it tells me that I don't have to always be quiet just because everyone else is. It tells me that I can say the unexpected thing that might change perspective as long as what it's doing is allowing me to activate others into becoming bigger and bolder. So it, it almost makes it, Stuart, that I never feel like I'm ever in the wrong place at the wrong time. Every place is the right place as long as I show up completely as me. I know it is easier said than done for a lot of people. Uh, and I help walk people through that process. But I'll tell you, it's one of the most empowering things to know that purpose is caught up in the being, not in the doing. It just so happens that when you know who you be, so to speak, everything else you do from there will have powerful effect. Well, you know, I have come to appreciate uh, in my life at one point, I thought, well, nothing matters. Uh, what difference does it make? Uh, at some point, we all just die and who cares? What difference does it make? I've now completely switched completely and recognized that absolutely everything matters. Do you hold the door open for somebody that you don't know or do you let it swing shut? That decision instigates other actions and reactions in ways that you can't begin to know uh, until that moment happens. And the fact that you were there and you created that decision point or reaction changes, you know, it changes outcomes, it changes lives, uh, and in ways that you don't have any way of knowing. You know, this is the magic to me of uncovering purpose. You suddenly realized how much impact you have been having, possibly not knowing, and now you get to intentionally decide to leave behind an effect. For better or for worse, you're leaving some kind of impression. You're leaving some kind of effect. But now, if I know I'm to activate boldness and bigger behavior, I know how I, I can show up. I have permission in advance to be who I feel I'm called to be. And there's a powerful thing when people who think of themselves as not being that important because they don't have a big title, they're not famous, they're not public figures. Um, I have them do an exercise where I say, I want you to interview the people who know you best and ask them, why do you like to have conversations with me? Or for women, I say, ask people why they always come tell you all their business. <laughs> what is it they're expecting from the type of advice you give? Uh, if I'm booked to come speak, we always ask in the interview, uh, why is it that you, you're wanting me to come in? And you'll start to hear this theme uh, and you can begin to trace that theme back 
to really, when, when you were pretty young, when you look back very closely, and you'll see, oh my gosh, I've always been behaving in a manner. Now I get to intentionally behave in that manner for a really purposeful outcome. And there's just a relief in knowing that me showing up as me is enough. Uh, and then when I decide to say, I want to show up as my best self, then I, now I'm actually more than enough and I'm serving even larger purpose. I got to get you to hang on for a second while we take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. Yeah, you know, uh, as you were speaking, I'm reminded of the fact like I do many interviews for videos that are tributes to other people. And so mm -hmm. I'll ask somebody, you know, what is it about this person? And most people have a little bit of trouble saying, well, I really like them because, or I think yeah. they're fantastic because. And so I, I changed this, the, the question to, well, how do you feel better about yourself when you're That's with it. them? That's it. And, and, and that is the impact, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think, again, I don't I don't consider people to be average, but I'll use this phrase for the average person to find out that there's been an outcome in direct relation correspondence to their existence. I mean, I watch people discover that and they'll hear those through themes and you get tears, uh, you get laughter because they go, I didn't realize I was having this type of impact. I didn't even know people were uh, able to say there's a positive outcome to being in my presence. And it's one of the deciding factors I've found for people to go from this place of merely existing to deciding now to exist for purpose, in purpose, and on purpose. I call it the remix, you know, really freeing purpose from the thing you do. Because what if you no longer do that thing? If you thought your purpose was to be a parent, well, when the parents, when the kids move, did you lose purpose? Or when you lose the job as CEO, did you lose purpose? And so the danger is in trapping purpose in a thing that we do. And the freedom comes in knowing, even if I lose this job, quit this job, change this job, purpose comes with me. Uh, whether it's in marriage or divorce, whether it's in life or death, when I lose people who I thought were my purpose for living, I still have purpose. It comes with me. And again, it's one of those things that when you when you spend time figuring it out, it really is life giving. Jade, I think you were anticipating like where I wanted to go next because you know <laughs> a viewer could say, Yeah, okay, that all sounds great if everything's working out well. But what happens when something goes wrong? And you know, I was just talking to a guy this morning who had something really bad happen to his business, and sure. here we are three weeks later and he's going you can't believe the other opportunities that came out of that thing that was so bad. Uh, you know, it's sort of like you never know when you're having good luck. And, and I think that that has to be, you know, part of your mindset. You don't know what this begat. Yes. I, you know, um, part of the reasons we're talking is because about purpose is because I just released a book called Purpose, the Remix. And I call it a mind-blowing re-understanding of purpose and how it works. And the reason I wrote the book is because of what you said earlier. I had said that purpose statement on countless stages. Your purpose is not the thing you do, it's what happens in others when you do what you do. And people were hearing those 21, 22 words and they were making these bold leaps on those few words. And so years later I decided, let me write the book so there's actually a bit of a guide 
to go along with that understanding. And there's a whole chapter on what you're talking about. I believe that purpose is most powerful in the problematic parts of life. Um, when you know that there's a purpose that's within you, that's unique to you, and that goes wherever you go, uh, rejection can start to feel like, I call it divine protection from the devastation of the wrong yes. You know, we live in American society, we chase yes a lot and we equate yes with success. But I can tell you, uh, I, I know people who've had heart-wrenching personal breakups that ended up being for the best, you know, who lost favorite jobs, dream jobs for the best. Uh, so I like to say that life really does happen uh, for us and not to us. And that's not to negate the most traumatic parts of life. There are things that happen to us that we don't deserve. But the power of purpose is that it says, I know you didn't deserve that. Uh, that shouldn't have happened to you, but guess what? You still get to have, you know, insert answer there. This is our second break. We'll be back in a moment. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. Okay, that brings up a really interesting point. Uh, and it's one of my uh, one of my issues that not everybody agrees with me. And, and I'll hear somebody who'll say, oh, well, it happened for a reason. And I'll say, no, it didn't. It happened. Yeah. What really That's matters good. here is how you choose to respond. And some people will say, well, you know, that horrible thing happened and then this great thing happened. And, and, and I go, okay, the horrible thing didn't happen because That's it was right. going to bring about the other income uh, or other outcome. It's because you chose to respond in a certain way. And Viktor Frankl in his uh, amazing book, Man's Search for Meaning, talks about mm -hmm. that very thing. You cannot have control over what happens to you. You only have control over how you choose to respond. That's right. And how you choose to reframe what is happening. And I'm not talking about delusion and I'm not talking about denial, but one of the, I think the best traits uh, of mankind is that we get to look at a thing, look at it again and decide, like you said, how we, how we respond to it. And, you know, I'm a, a Christian, a, a believer, and I've heard what you say. People will say, well, it happened for a reason, or, you know, even the bad thing happened for the good. And I say, well, I believe those things can be turned into good, but I do not believe that a loving God uh, would want my child to be murdered, would want this tragedy to happen. But a loving God says, in spite of that, Here's how we can continue on in this life. And so it's, it really does boil down to that, how we um, respond. Uh, I work with a lot of visionary women of faith, and we spend a lot of time on learning to reign over your emotions. I believe emotions are signals that were given to us to help understand the environments we're in. Uh, but they weren't meant for us to drown in. We weren't supposed to absorb emotion. We're supposed to take the information that emotion gives us. And, and I know from watching people struggle with that concept, it takes practice. It really takes practice. But when you, when you begin to master that practice, uh, it lowers what I call your freakability factor. And you're able to really see a lot clearly and decide more powerfully for yourself when the, when the negative things do happen. You talk yeah. about faith, uh, and I think faith uh, plays a very important role in helping us to um, find our values, um, yeah. 
to understand um, how we interact in a complex society. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked earlier about, well, just be. Um, but I think that you also have to do work that helps you establish what your uh, values around integrity uh, and, and so on are. And so that what you're doing is you're manifesting good values. Um, That's good. And, and, and so it, it is a part. You can't just say, okay, I'm just going to be what I want and go around smashing yeah. windows. Um, they, I'm glad you came back to that. I, I think, you know, at the time of this recording, we are, you know, living in a society that I think maybe even overvalues the power of me, myself and I. Um, and I do believe that because, you know, the pendulum swings, right, in, in different generations. And I think we went into a season of positively learning about self-care, learning to speak out and say what we believe. And I think the pendulum has swung to the point where we've put ourselves at the center um, of everything uh, in the detriment, to the detriment of those around us often, or the detriment of reality. Uh, we're, we're just wanting to believe whatever we want to believe and do whatever we want to do. And we don't want anybody to say anything uh, to the contrary. And I don't think that's where we should be either. So, you know, a lot of what I practice, preach and teach is is chronic self-evaluation, taking inventory. You know, as humans, I believe we are designed to evolve constantly. I think we should get a little suspicious when we've stayed the same for too long. And so one of the challenges I always pose to the people that I coach is, you know, you should be having some kind of internal reinvention about at least every 18 months. And the more comfortable you get with evaluating yourself, the change should come more frequently. And the change should be most frequent in the way that we think, you know. Um, and I think it's really dangerous to only be conformed to what's happening around us in the moment that we have to constantly say, but is that really true? Not just for me, but is it really true? Um, I, I joke a lot with my husband. We never use the phrase, my truth. That one, that one bugs me because I, I just, I think it, it's a really slippery slope. You know, if everybody has a truth, then what is the truth? But I think we constantly have to say, can I serve myself and then also be in line to the values that I serve? And will that also allow me to serve others? Um, and if there isn't that external, who am I here to serve? To me, that's something you have to question. If no part of your thought process or your work um, has any kind of external outward effect. I agree with you. You know, when you were talking about me, myself, and I, and how there's this focus on, on self, I was thinking about an interview that I did a few years ago with a fellow by the name of Chief Perry Belgard. He was the National mm -hmm. Chief of the Assembly of First Nations in Canada. What? And yes. uh, just a remarkable guy. And he said something that I, afterwards, I went and I wrote it down, typed it out, put it up on my wall, because I think he's, he's so absolutely right. He said, if you can't build relationships, you can't build anything. And I think that it's so important that we recognize, yes, I need to be an expression of myself. I need to be my manif a manifestation of the divine in my own way. But I'm not alone. Uh, the only way that we have the world in which we live in that we're having this conversation is that thousands of other people have played a role in making this happen. Uh, we are part of a larger community. 
I, you know, it, I know we can we can roll off here sounding a little kumbaya, Stuart, but I, I think, you know, there's something really powerful to acknowledging the power and the importance of relationship. And that's coming from um, a self-professed loner. I'm, I'm at my most happy, you know, when I'm traveling on my own and I'm a very happily married wife with, with two kids, right? So um, I know what it means to intentionally share of yourself to say, listen, my comfort zone is over here, but this moment requires me uh, to maybe behave uh, differently than my personality dictates. I always say with purpose, you wanna make sure that you never let your personality or your preference push you out of purpose. You know, I work with a lot of uh, visionaries who say, I want this thing, or I wanna be able to do that. And then when you tell them what's required, they say, well, not if I have to do this, or I don't wanna work with those people. And it's like, well, which one is it? Do you either want it in all that it requires or you're more comfortable staying the same? And so my mission, you know, is, is in activating people, not just to be bigger and bolder so they can be big in their self-expression, but to be bigger and bolder so that they have the faith and the confidence to do the big things they're called to do that, guess what, will impact other people. Third and final break. We'll be right back. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. Okay, so we've only got about two and a half minutes uh, left here. Okay. Uh, uh, somebody says, okay, Jade, uh, first of all, what's the name of your book? And number two, yes. where do you say is my starting point if I go, okay, uh, I, what I'm hearing from you uh, matters to me and I want to you know, be open. I want to examine my own life. I'm curious. Where do I start? Well, I have the book right here. It's called Purpose the Remix, a mind-blowing re-understanding of purpose and how it works. It's available wherever you can find books. Audiobook is out as well. I think the first thing you do, and you'll see this in the book, is you start investigating what I call your, uh, your outbreak effect. You have been having an outbreak. You've left a wake behind you for better or for worse, hopefully for better. Now is the time to start asking the questions. Stuart gave us a good one. You know, what, what's left better? What's more, what's more positive after you leave my presence? And these questions are vulnerable. They make you feel vulnerable. So you start with the people who know you best, uh, but you want to ask questions to find out what it is they've been getting from you, whether you know it or not. Then you take note of the common themes then you practice that thing. Try it on for size. People keep saying, I feel like I can do anything when I'm around you. See what it feels like to intentionally inspire people to go after anything. And you'll start to see certain things fit really well and they feel natural. Um, and I always say audition some verbs. Are you an activator, or empower, equip, and see what really rings true. Uh, and don't just pull a verb you know, out of the dictionary. Really look at how you've been naturally behaving and decide to do it now intentionally. You will find there's great purpose in that behavior. Well, I agree with you. Uh, I love your message. Um, so many times I get pitched uh, you know, talk to this person, they're motivational, but everything that I've read that you have put out uh, has that uh, air of authenticity and, wow. and real value to it. So thank you for, number one, writing your book. Number two, well, maybe the other way around. Number one, being you. Number two, writing your <laughs> book. <laughs> and number three, <laughs> for being my guest today on the show. Wow. Well, thank you for believing in the message enough to feature me. I appreciate it and don't take it for granted. Thank you very much. That was perfect.
Really, really good. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, you are for good. having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe we'll do a part two or part three in the future. Let's see. Well, that would be wonderful. Um, it'll probably be a couple of weeks before I publish this because I only put one out a week. Uh, you know, gotcha. I got a rhythm with the newspaper that we uh, a chain across Canada that carries the the show on there online, and then I've got television stations here that run it. But I I can only get it into the queue one a week, so it'll of be a course. couple of weeks. I know you're uh, busy. <laughs> I you see know. the content you've been putting out. You're you're churning it out so thank you for the work that you're doing and again thank you for having me well you know i uh, i i right back at you uh, i mean the way that we make a better world is through these kinds of dynamics and connections and you know supporting of one another so congratulations well done uh thank on, you so much on everything that you've done yeah thank you that means okay. the world i look forward yeah. to staying connected all right bye for now Bye-bye.